weekend, we're able to come together to worship the God of heaven, uh, to worship him in spirit and in truth. And we're thankful that we can assemble uh, universally and we're limited in coming uh, physically. Uh, but I want to say it won't always be like this. Uh, it's not always going to be like this. And we're, we're going to make the adjustments as we, as we go along. And we appreciate you for uh, making those uh, adjustments. On yesterday, uh, we were talking, and uh, uh, one of the brothers and I were talking, and we, uh, I made a statement that we don't want this pandemic or this um, uh, stay at home uh, to go too long because we might get used to it. And we don't want you to get used to not gathering. Uh, assembly is part of our responsibility, uh, but God understands when we are providentially hindered, and this is one of those situations where uh, we could spread the disease, we could uh, have the disease and not know we have the disease, and until uh, they can somewhat contain it, uh, I, I, I believe the God that we serve uh, is understanding because we, we have not stopped serving him. Uh, we have not stopped worshiping him. On yesterday, um, a young lady was baptized in the Christ. And that's an indication that we are still serving. We're still teaching and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, this assembly, and I, I hope this will give you some comfort. Uh, it's a temporary, it's temporary. It's not going to last. Um, and but we want to demonstrate that we still love God and that we're going to serve Him. Um, and we hope that you who are at home um, are making that adjustment that you're singing along. And that um, I mentioned last Sunday, I hope that you're getting up and uh, getting dressed like you're coming to the gym. Uh, don't, don't get up on the Lord's Day like it's not the Lord's Day. Uh, remember, it is the Lord's Day, and even if you're not able to come because of the situation, I think you'll feel a whole lot better by uh, by getting up and uh, doing the normal hygiene. You may not be in your Sunday best, but I think that if you get up and, uh, and in your mind you're coming to the building, uh, it'll help you get in the spirit. Uh, it was announced that, you know, a young lady was baptized on yesterday. We appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate uh, those who had part in teaching her the gospel. Uh, we appreciate, appreciate her courage, her bravery, and her uh, desire to put the water on the baptism. And we, we may be talking to other people who are not Christians, who are not Christ followers, those who have not put Christ on the baptism. Uh, if there was ever a time when we ought to be thinking about getting close to the Lord, that time is now. Uh, if there are those who have uh, fallen back, your, your faith is not what it once was. Uh, when we were assembling, we were not part of that assembly. Uh, this is the time to get right with the Lord. Uh, and if, uh, um, if, if, if we don't see a sermon being preached nationally, universally, uh, uh, by the hand of God, we hope that uh, that this will shake us up, that this will cause us to make some adjustments in our lives. 
Well, thank you, brothers, for being here, and thank you to the brothers who are leading us and uh, leading you in worship. We appreciate that. Uh, if you can see what I see, we got this social distancing and everybody is distant, but we're still in one place. And, and the songs that we sang, I think, have meaning, have special meaning uh, in times like these. It was also announced that we're going to not use the free conference card. And uh, the reason for that is we can do the same thing using the Zoom dialing number. Uh, we had some, some, some difficulties, some technical difficulties. Everybody using free conference cards. And uh, the call is down, and sometimes the sound is distorted. And uh, uh, so, so what we decided that we would do is just use the Zoom dial-up. And uh, those who do not have internet connection, those who do not use the computer, you can use your telephone, and you can uh, uh, call in using the Zoom number. Um, I'm excited what, what's going to happen with our teens uh, uh, today. The yeah. teen girls are going uh, to meet at, at 1 o'clock using Zoom. And, uh, and then on Tuesday, the teen, teen boy, um, I'm, I'm just excited. I almost wish I was a teen again. Uh, so I could tune in and get uh, be a part of this. So um, I think all of our teen girls probably have the Zoom uh, ID number, I think we have that. Uh, if not, uh, when we, as we conclude, we'll try to put that up on the screen. And all of our team boys, I think you have the Zoom ID. We want to stay connected. We want to stay connected. I think it's important that we stay connected uh, in times like these. And, um, uh, and we don't want our young people to uh, be out of place or be out of pocket. We don't want them to feel overlooked or neglected, and uh, we want to provide for them an avenue where they can express themselves. Uh, because not only are parents and grown folks affected by this pandemic, our young people are affected. And they are home, and, and, um, and, and some of our young people were planning to graduate. And those graduation ceremonies have been postponed or canceled. Uh, some of our young people had other activities that they uh, uh, were looking forward to. So we want to uh, connect with them. We want to talk with them. We want them to know that they have a responsibility to worship and serve the Lord just like grown folks do. And uh, I'm appreciative to our uh, speakers and, and uh, who will make an effort to uh, uh, make sure that is, that is done. Uh, I'm in the book of Colossians. I'm in the book of Colossians, and uh, I want to walk us through this book, and we're still in chapter 1, and I'm going to back up and read verses 12 through 14. So if you're able to stand, those who are here, and if you're home, and you have your copy of God's Word, you can stand with me as we read from uh, Colossians chapter 1. Beginning with verse number 12. Now, this series, this whole series is entitled, He Is. He Is. And we're talking about Jesus and what He is. And I think all of us need to 
preeminence, the rank that he has in our lives. Colossians chapter 1, <clears throat> beginning with verse 24. Giving thanks to the Father, he has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in life. For he, Christ, rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's the reading of the text, and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. You, you may be seated. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his good and his mercy endures forever. That's the reading of the Lord's sake. Let me do some background um, and do some review with this book of Colossians. Paul wrote to this church from a Roman prison, Roman jail cell. He had received news from Epaphras about the conditions that the church at Colossae was facing. Paul had not visited this church. He had no, he had no connection with this church physically, uh, but he loved this church and he prayed for this church. And I thought that was admirable. That was uh, note-taking because Paul never uh, visiting this church and not having a personal relationship, he was still concerned about them. I think in this brotherhood that we have, this brotherhood of believers, we work up here at 2106 Arlington Road, but we care about our brothers in Petersburg and our brothers in Richmond. And even though uh, we are not personally involved in the lives of other saints, we ought to be concerned, just as Paul was concerned about the church of Colossae. He never visited this church didn't baptize anybody, but when he heard what was going on, he was concerned enough to write to them to give them some comfort. The church at Colossae existed doing a religiously pluralistic environment. There were a variety of gods, small g, and goddesses, small g, such as Artemis from Ephesus, Zeus from Laodicea. There were Egyptian deities, as well as a number of well-known Greek divinities. It was common for a person at this time not only to worship more than one god or goddesses, which would be polytheism, but also for the religions themselves to reflect a borrowing of ideas of religious belief. Such a blending of religious ideas is called syncretism. Let me tell you what I just told you. What, what that really means is uh, folk would have this faith, they would have that faith, I take a little bit from this faith, and take a little bit from that faith, and I mix it together. In other words, what was happening in Colossae is, is that Jesus is not the only way. They were teaching that there were other ways that you could be saved. There were other ways that you could have access to God. So I take a little bit from the Egyptian deities. I take a little bit from 
the gods and goddess from Ephesus. I take a little bit from Athena and Demeter and some of the other gods. I put a little them with what I got over here and put a little that with what I got from over there. And I just put it all together and I syncretize these different beliefs. There also existed the hint of Gnosticism. Gnosticism began with two basic assumptions about matter. First, it was believed that the spirit alone was good and that matter was essentially evil. And the second notion was that matter was eternal and that the universe was not created out of nothing, which is orthodox belief, but out of this flawed matter. And some erroneously taught that if God was spirit, God could not create the world because matter was evil. Y'all stay with me because this is going to connect with what I said last week and it connect with uh, what I'm going to say for today. If matter was evil, the claim that Jesus was the Son of God could not be true because Jesus had flesh and body. And since Jesus had flesh and body, and since the belief that the body is matter and matter is evil, if Jesus is flesh and body, he cannot be the son of God because that would make him evil. These two false assumptions were in opposition to the Christian view regarding the doctrine of creation and the person of Jesus Christ. And that's why last week I spent time sharing with you from verses 14 or 15 through 20 how Paul says that Jesus Christ is the source of creation. Paul says, for by him, by Christ, were all things created. And I want us to realize that it was Jesus who scooped up the deep oceans, hung the stars in the sky, stacked up the mountains, painted colorful gardens, and set the boundaries of the world. We believe that Jesus Christ created the physical world around us. Everything visible on earth and everything invisible in the spiritual world. It was Jesus who created spirit beings, angels, and even those aligned with the devil's wicked agenda. And I want to remind you to remember that the creator is always greater than the creation. It's no wonder that the demons in the gospel submit to the authority of Christ and angels praise him. Jesus is not only the source of creation, but he's the agent of creation. It was through Jesus that all things were made. You know what John 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. The Hebrew writer echoed that thought in Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. God in sundry times spoke to the fathers by the prophets uh, in, in many ways. In these last days that spoke to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the world. It's important for us to know, just like it was important for the Christian at Colossae to know, that Jesus is supreme, he is preeminent, he has first, first rank because he is before all things. Jesus predates creation. In John 8, verse 58, Jesus said, Before Abraham was, I am. 
That was a bold statement, a bold claim to know Abraham and even to exist before Abraham was born. Not only is Jesus superior in that he existed before the created world, but it's through him that the entire created world is sustained. I want to I want you to look at it like this. We're going to get to him being redeemed, but you got to understand why Paul wrote to them in the first place. And really, what I'm trying to get you to understand is the intent of the author when he wrote what he wrote. We read it now, and it means something to us, but what did it mean when Paul wrote it to the church at Colossae? What Paul is trying to say to those who are borrowing from different religions and, and, and those who are saying that Christ is not the way, but he's one of the ways, and there's other ways to get to God, Paul is going to say, no, Christ is not only superior in that he existed before the created world, but it's through him that the entire created world is sustained. In other words, Jesus is the glue of this universe. If it wasn't for Jesus, there would be chaos. Say amen now. He sustains the world that was made by him. It is because of Jesus that the earth is close enough to the sun that we don't freeze and far enough from the moon that we don't burn up. Say amen now. It is because of Jesus that the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. It's because of Jesus that we have the season, winter, spring, summer, and fall. They all follow their course. Jesus is the glue of the universe. If you want to get things right, everybody ought to take a look at Jesus Christ. So Paul is writing because false teachers were corrupting the doctrine of Christ. And the goal of the false teachers was to turn Christianity into a philosophy about God and the world based on mystical insight. Some scholars call this troublesome teaching the Colossian heresy. And that's the burden that's on Paul's heart as he writes from a, a, a Roman jail cell. And Paul, this Colossian heresy, attack the centrality of Christ. It focused on philosophical traditions. It observed dietary laws and prohibitions. It observed certain religious rites of a Jewish nature. They venerated angels. They tended toward asceticism. In other words, there were folk in Colossae who were worshiping angels. There were folk in Colossae who had their own so-called holy days. There were folk in Colossae who were getting caught up in this mysticism and this, uh, uh, and, and I, I even want to go so far, some folk get caught up in the black Hebrews and, and, and they and they blown away by the black Hebrew. I, look, you may be black, but you ain't no Hebrew until you become a child of God. Say amen. And some of us want to get caught up in this far-fetched philosophy and this way-out religion and something that blows our mind. Now, Paul is going to come and say, Jesus is the only way. He is the right way. And not only is he the only way and the right way, he has first place, he has preeminence, he has first rank in our lives. The false teachers preached a system, but Paul preached a person. The Gnostics preached empty traditions of men, but Paul preached Jesus Christ and him crucified. It is not your rules 
and regulations that save you. But Paul simply presented who Christ was and where Christ comes from. Paul lays down this aim that he's warning every man. He's teaching every man in all wisdom to present every man mature in Jesus Christ. Well, that's verses 15 through 20. But Paul, what are you saying in verses 12 through 14? What Paul is really trying to say, not only is Christ the, this is why Christ is the only way. He's the only way because he is the redeemer of our salvation. There are a number of designations that we can give to Jesus Christ. We call him a rock in a weary land. He's our bridge over troubled waters. He's a friend who sits closer than a brother. We call him wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, the prince of peace. I, I, I can spend all day telling you there's nobody like Jesus. He's a way maker. I, I like that song. He's a way maker, promise keeper, uh, the mighty God. But physically, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is our Savior. He is our Messiah. And, and, and y'all don't have to get happy. I can get happy all by myself. He is my Redeemer. Now, now, what does it mean? What does it mean to be redeemed by Jesus Christ? Y'all ready to have church now? We just got through with Bible class. Are y'all with me? That, that was Bible study. Now, let's get into the preaching. What Paul said is before we could be redeemed, God first had to qualify us. Y'all will see it. Look, look at verse, verse number 12. Watch this. Giving thanks to God who has qualified us. Y'all see that? Who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in life. Before Jesus redeemed us, God first had to qualify us. You know what it means to qualify, don't you? You have to qualify to be a senior citizen. You have to qualify to receive Social Security benefits. You have to qualify to receive unemployment or disability. You have to qualify to purchase a home. Athletes must qualify for certain sporting events. That, that's what you do to get something. You have to qualify. You have to be old enough to be a senior citizen. Am I right about it? You, you have to uh, meet certain qualifications to get uh, Social Security. You, you have to meet a certain criteria in order to buy a house. That's what you do. But when it comes to our salvation, you cannot qualify yourself. It's God who does the qualifying. Are y'all with me? Watch, watch it now. Watch, watch now. This thought really begins in verse number 9. And verses 9 through 14 is really one long sentence. Now really, you can go all the way down to verse 20, but, but from 9 to 20 is one long sentence in the Greek. Now you know how we got period, we got commas, we got typical. No, this is one long sentence. It begins with a prayer. And in this prayer, Paul is reminding the saints of Colossae of two things. Number one, verses 9 through 14, and really 12 through 14, he's reminding them that God qualified them, and then God delivered them. Well, let's deal with what it means to be qualified. 
they were qualified to receive an inheritance. The word qualified can also mean enabled. Are y'all with me? God enables them to share in the inheritance of the saints in life. Don't ever think that your righteousness is what saves you. Don't ever think that you can be so good that you can get to heaven on your own merit. Don't think it's your work of righteousness that pleases or impresses God if you are saved and when you are saved is because God enables you to be saved or qualifies you to be saved. Are y'all with me? The word qualified means to call someone or something to be adequate for something. It means to make sufficient. It means to make adequate. I know some of y'all, uh, you know, you, we put on this superficial uh, Christianity and this, this cloak of Christianity and we got halos on our head and wings on our back. That ain't what saves you. If you're saved because God enables you to be saved. God qualified you to say, no, God didn't select you, and God didn't preordain in the sense that he's going to pick and choose, but I came to say that it's the good God of heaven that enables a lost person to receive salvation. That's why I'm so glad we sing the song, Salvation Has Been Brought Down. I don't think we get it. I don't think we understand how important Jesus is in our lives. Jesus is a way maker. He is a promise keeper. But he's also my redeemer. He has rescued me. He has saved me. But before that happened, God had enabled me or qualified me or to make it adequate so that the Lord could save me. What a wonderful privilege. We should be grateful because that same privilege applies to us today. What, what, what Paul is trying to say to the Colossae, you don't need the, those gods from Ephesus or those gods from Greece. What you, what you need is Jesus Christ because the God in heaven has enabled you to receive salvation. Mm -hmm. He's saying a distant possibility is now a present reality. This idea of having an inheritance, y'all know what an inheritance is. An inheritance is something you get. But in order to get it, somebody has to die. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Somebody will leave you something. But you cannot gain that inheritance until the giver is deceased, has died. And then once he dies, what he has left for you belongs to you. Y'all see it now? What did God do? And what Paul, Paul said, first of all, I'm going to give thanks to the Father. Why? Because he qualified us. Y'all are here happy here. He has enabled us. Listen, I know where I came from. Say amen now. 
I, 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 I know where I came from. I know the life I have lived. I, I know the mistakes I have made. I, 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 I know the wrong turns I took. Do I have any help up in here? I, 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 I know that uh, even on my best day, I still fall short. I, I, I've done some good things in life, but even with all the good things, when you compare to Jesus, I need some help when it comes to my salvation. Am I talking to anybody? Man, 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 I, and listen, when I say I, I've done some things, I, I ain't murdered nobody. I ain't spent no time in jail. I ain't, I ain't talking about that kind of stuff. But 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 even my my righteousness comes up to God like filthy rags. Somebody don't see what I'm talking about. Because don't you get into church and think you all that and a slice of bread? Say amen. Now. You got to remember to give thanks to God. And the reason you give thanks to God is because the text says He qualified us. He enabled us. He has made us adequate to receive an inheritance. But in order to get that inheritance, somebody has to die. Now watch this. Not only did he qualify us, but God qualified us, but Jesus delivered us. That's all we It is right here in the text. Verse 13. For he rescued us. From the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his dear son. Do you know what it means to be saved? I really want to talk to you guys. What does it mean to be saved? Because you got to see that he is our redeemer. Salvation implies being delivered or transferred from one kingdom to another. To be delivered is to be rescued from danger. In other words, when, like sister got baptized yesterday, and when you go back and think about when you got baptized, what happened when you were baptized is you were rescued from danger. Say amen now. You may not even realize the danger you was in, but you were in danger, and God, through Jesus, rescued you he drew you to himself. He delivered you. He rescued you out of Satan's kingdom into God's kingdom. Now watch this. Kingdom, 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 kingdom. In order to have a kingdom, there has to be a dominion. Are y'all with me? There has to be a domain. And not only is not only there a domain, but there is a ruler in that domain, and there are subjects in the domain that the king rules over. Y'all ain't with If you get it, then you understand what being unruly means. See, 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 when you were in Satan's kingdom, you were in darkness. When you were in Satan's kingdom, you did what you wanted to do. When you were in Satan's kingdom, you were not uh, amenable to God because Satan was your king and, 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 and the devil was your ruler and you did what you wanted to do. You said what you wanted to say. You went where you wanted to go. But when God enabled you and rescued you through Jesus Christ, you became transferred from darkness into light. Mm -hmm. I don't know why we get into church 
And after we get into church, we still want to be dark rather than light. Am I talking to anybody? Yeah. <laughs> look, 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 you know, you know, I, I hear, I hear folks, you know, you know, I, and every now and then I still can say, you know, about my old life and all that kind of stuff. But ain't nothing good about your old life except you was rescued from it. Yeah. Can I say that again? The only good thing about your old life is you got rescued from it. And, and do you know what it means to be rescued? What it means to be delivered? I've said this before, and, and this is why I wish some folk in the Church of Christ would just, just be real and, 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 and quit acting like uh, uh, you were born saved. Say amen. Uh, uh, some of us have been kept, and then some of us have been delivered. Now, when you are kept, that means you didn't get in no trouble, uh, you didn't smoke no dope, uh, smoke no joint, you didn't, you didn't use no drugs, uh, you never got high, uh, you, you never got drunk, you, you, never, you never got in jail, uh, uh, you, you, you lived a good life, you were kept from some things. Are y'all listening? Uh, uh, there, there's a few of us, few, few of y'all that know what I'm talking about. Everybody can't say amen, but there, there, there are some folks that, that ain't never done. I mean, you, 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 I mean you, you're not perfect, but you, you don't have no criminal record. Uh, you don't have a whole bunch of illegitimate children. Uh, you got good credit. I mean, man, your credit score is 740, almost over 800. I mean, you, you, you can go get whatever you want to get. Uh, you, 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 you never smoke a cigarette, you never smoke a joint, uh, and, and, that, and that's good. And, and I'm saying, if, that, if that's where you are, you ought to thank God for that. And, and, and I think that that when, when we come out of darkness and folks start walking in the light, don't glamorize darkness and make darkness look better than the light. Y'all didn't see, y'all didn't get that. You know, man, I, I hear folks sometimes in the pulpit, hey, you know, talking about the life that they live, and it's so glamorous. There ain't nothing glamorous about uh, being hungover uh, uh, on, on Saturday and Sunday. Say amen, somebody. Ain't nothing glamorous about vomiting your inside because you put something in there that didn't belong. Am I helping anybody? Ain't nothing glamorous where you got uh, three or four baby mamas or three or four uh, baby daddies out there. Ain't nothing glamorous about that. What's glamorous is being a child of God. So, so, some of us have been kept from some stuff. But then some of us have been delivered. Amen. And delivered means you've been rescued. You, you were caught up. You were caught in. You, you were overwhelmed. I know I'm talking to somebody now. Uh, you, you know what it's like to be humble. You, you know what it's like to have a monkey on your back. You, you know what it's like to scratch when you ain't itching. You, you know what it's like to have to pay child support. You know what it's like to be ducking and dodging. But when you came to Jesus, he rescued you. He delivered you. And ain't nothing glamorous about living in darkness. You ought to thank God you've been rescued. Yeah, Paul said, Paul said, he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his dear son. The transfer means to change, to turn into, to call to be different from. I want to say Christians are different. Say amen. I said Christians, uh, uh, look, 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 look. Don't, don't, don't come across holier than that. Don't, don't come across that way. 
So look, when the Lord saves you, don't go back to where you came from. You can cause to move from one place to another. That's what transfer means. This feature of salvation magnifies the preeminence that Christ has in the life of the believer. In other words, now look at verse 14. I, I'm not going to finish this because I, I have the Old Testament to the theological concept and New Testament, but let me hold like this. After he qualified us, then he rescued us. Y'all with me? Yeah. Let me hear y'all say qualified. Qualified. At home, y'all say qualified now. All right, y'all work with me. Let me hear you say rescued. Yeah. All right, then let me hear you say transferred. Transfer. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. After he qualified you, rescued you, and then transferred you into his kingdom, then the text says, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. That, 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 that's what I've been trying to get to all along. Watch this. Before you could be redeemed, you had to be qualified. You had to be rescued. And you had to be transferred. It's right here in the text. I ain't making this up. It's right here, right in front of us. Watch this. Well, what does it mean to be redeemed? Concept of redeeming, redemption involves three related items. Number one, there is a need based on bondage or imprisonment to be free. Number two, a price has to be paid for that freedom or release so that you can be restored back to your original position. Number three, in order for you to be released, and in order for that price to be paid, somebody has to act as an intermediary or a benefactor or a go-between. Are y'all with me now? We in darkness. We in sin. We have been kidnapped by sin. Y'all need to stay with me now. Redemption don't mean nothing until you understand that before Christ came, you were and you and I were enslaved to sin. We were in bondage to sin. And our human performance became a death sentence. But now, in order to be released from sin, a price had to be paid. And somebody had to be the go-between to pay the price to release us from the bondage of sin. Are y'all with me now? Guess who it was that paid the price? Guess who it was that became our mediator? It was Jesus, the sinless Lamb of God. He came and died in our place. And when he shed his blood on the cross, that blood that was shed is the price of our redemption. It was the ransom. Anybody know what I'm talking about? What I'm talking about now, man, I think about this all the time. Uh, I, so, there's some movies I don't like watching on TV, you know, and I, I get a little scary because I see this stuff. I say, man, I don't want it happening to me. And I know it's just a movie, but sometimes these movies are based on real life. I don't like, I don't, I don't like watching these movies where the kids are kidnapped. Uh, and somebody kidnaps you, you die. And then they hold that child as a ransom. I, I don't like that because, you know, even with my kids being grown, I, I, 
I don't like I don't like the idea, you know, they could be out somewhere and, and, and you know, and, and we really we really need to get some thought because uh, the human trafficking uh, is, is, is real, you know, this is this human trafficking. They picking up women, they picking up girls, and they kidnapping them, they take them. Uh, anybody want to hear that? I mean, this some real stuff, and I don't, I don't like watching some of those movies because, you know, and, and I remember there's this one movie uh, that got this guy in it, and he, he's trying to retire from being like a, uh, an agent at the I mean, he, he, look, you don't want to mess with him. And they kidnapped his daughter, man. They kidnapped his daughter, took her to another country, and he tracked them down. And, and he was talking to her on the phone, and, and, and they kidnapped her. And, and the guy was, uh, I think the movie was called Taken, Taken. And then uh, they had Taken 1 and Taken 2. And, and, and when I look at the movie, you know, and I'm sitting around with my wife and this girl around, I feel so vulnerable. For more, I feel so inadequate, but I can't do what that dude in movies do. I, 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 can't, I can't do all that kind of stuff. Man, he went all across the country, tracked him down, saved his daughter. And I was thinking, man, I ain't got no money to pay no ransom. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't no macho guy. I, 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 I don't know how to uh, put all those guns and gadgets together. But, but it just blows my mind how somebody could be kidnapped and then held for ransom. But I don't think we realize that before Jesus came into our life, the devil had kidnapped you. He had you uh, in, in, in bondage. But Jesus came along and paid the price for our salvation. Are y'all with me? The debt is represented not as canceled, but it's fully paid. Are y'all with me? The slave or captive is not liberated by a gracious favor, but a ransom price has been paid in consideration of which he is set free. And the original owner receives back his lost possession because he has bought it with a price. Y'all remember that scripture, first Corinthians, when we talk about you are bought with a price? Therefore glorify God with your body, with our God. In other words, we've been bought. Say amen. I ain't talking about slave bought either. I'm talking about Jesus buys with his blood. Say amen. Somebody, somebody cared enough to pay a price for our salvation. Despite of how they rejected him, despite of their rebellion against him, despite hostility toward him, despite their denial of him, despite their neglect of him, despite their half-hearted commitment to him, despite their worship of religion instead of worshiping him, despite of false worship, despite of idolatrous worship, despite of sin and trespasses, somebody suffered and paid a price for my salvation. That's why we sung the song, How I Love the Great Redeemer, who is doing so much for me. With the joy, I tell the story of the love that makes me free. You didn't understand it when you were saying it, but you were singing a song about your debt being canceled, your debt being paid, what Jesus did on the cross. And the verse says, till my earthly life is ended, I will send sons above. Then beside the crystal sea, more and more my soul shall be praising Jesus and his love. Then verse 2 says, he purchased my redemption. Roll my burden of sin away. And he's walking on the side, growing dearer day by day. That's why I sing his praises. That is why joy is mine. 
That is why forevermore on the everlasting shore I shall sing of love divine. And then the chorus says, He is everything to me. To me. Y'all know that song? That he's everything. You don't need a religion that can't save you. You don't need a man that can't save you. What you need, who you need, is Jesus Christ. Because in him, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Ain't it good when somebody will forgive you? Say amen. And release the debt, let it go. That's why everybody ought to come to Jesus. He is our Redeemer. He paid the price on Calvary. He was suspended between the twilight of the world. You know the story well. How they dropped him low, they stretched him wide, they put nails in his hands, nails in his feet. And then he traveled up Golgotha Hill, a hill of horror. And then they popped him up there. It was between the sixth and the ninth hour, I believe. And then he hung there. He uttered those seven last words. And then finally he gave up the ghost. And then after he died, he showed the cross. The soldier came and pierced him in the side, and out came blood and water. That blood purchased our salvation. He's our redeemer. Oh, yes, he is. He's on the back. He paid the price so that we could come out of darkness into light, out of Satan's kingdom. And the kingdom, you know, I know we say the kingdom is the church, and yeah, the kingdom is the church. But I want you to take this idea of king's kingdom and kingship a little bit further. Kingdom also implies. God rules and reigns in our hearts. And God does not start ruling and reigning until you obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when you obey the gospel, you don't have to go to the places you should go. Praise me. You just need to desire. Do I have any help in here? It ain't like you say go. It ain't like you say uh, light cigarette or light whatever you do. And, you know, it ain't like you can't go. You know, let me say this, you know, I've been watching news and reading some stuff. And they say the sales and liquor stores are sore during this pandemic. The sale of liquor stores has said sore since this pandemic. Some folks don't realize they've been transferred. They've been delivered. Y'all gonna help me right here? Man, you need some more Jesus. Say amen, somebody. You know, you know. I don't see nobody going by. They ain't buying more Bibles. They ain't buying more religious tapes. They ain't buying more gospel singing. No, they want to go buy some whiskey, wine, and, and, and alcohol. No, what you need is some Jesus. Yeah, that's why. Can I talk to you now? Tell us what you want. Uh, you know, I'm going to send this thing around to talk to you. There may be someone watching this program who has not been baptized. Someone who is not a member of your church. You come by faith. You come. Believing in Jesus Christ, he's your Redeemer, he's the Son of God, he died on the cross, and he rose from the grave the third day. You believe that. Make up your mind to obey what you believe. Make the confession that he is God's Son, and we'll baptize you like we did on yesterday with the young lady. But I want, I want to say, I want to say to us who are saved that we can have some calm during this crucial time because we know Jesus. Yeah, yeah, it's different. Life is different, man. Life is different. You know, cabin fever, and, uh, you know, and 
associated with them, Brother Craig said, well, we can still have some calm because we know Jesus. Amen. I said, I want to see. We know him. We know him. Anybody with me? I said, we know him. Now, he's my redeemer. He, he, he saved me. He, he, he paid the price. He, 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 he's got me covered now. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know, you know, I don't know who's going to catch it, who's going to recover. I, I don't know that. But I know Jesus. And I know in him we have redemption and even the forgiveness of sins. So let's be calm. Let's be calm. Let's be calm during this, this crucial time because we know Jesus. If you need prayer for those who are watching on Facebook Live, those who are on Zoom, uh, if you need prayer, now's the time for you to start sending that in. We'll try to get to it before I say it again. If you need prayer, if you need prayer uh, for any reason, if you're standing in need, uh, let us know what the need is. Let's sing this song in two verses here in the station. And uh, as we seated the song, I'm singing today.
Robertson requesting prayer for the family of Teresa Hassel. Uh, she passed this week. Um, Sister Anita Thompson requesting prayer for family members for the fighting the COVID-19 virus. Um, Sister Thompson prayed prayer for Aunt Delora who is recovering from a stroke. Then we got some on this other page too. Um, Desiree Bowers, this is a friend of ours from uh, Tennessee. She's asking for prayer that she continue to remain faithful during uncertainty. Um, okay, so I guess we can just do something general. So we just want to acknowledge that we got these prayers that thanks from faith. Thank you, Mr. President. Probably once again, we want to thank you for giving us this opportunity to Thank you. 